Hey, hey, good bitches. It is Jules, and today I am here with our first ever guest for Good Bitch Podcast. It's Miss Ashley. Ashley, say hello to the listeners. Hi. So Ash and I, how would we say we met? We met through mutual friends. We did. And as soon as we got talking and I discovered what Ash did for a living, I was like, fuck off. The bitches would love to know all about this side of the world. So Ash, if you don't mind, I'd probably like to start with a bit of background um, how you got into it, etc. But let's start at the start, your childhood. How was it? Tell me everything, please. Okay. I definitely was not someone that anyone thought uh, would become a stripper. So I asked friends this recently and they gave me a definite no way. We never thought you would be a stripper or anything like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just something that kind of, it just kind of, developed. So I was a really quiet kind of a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just I, I had a pretty normal childhood. My parents are still together to this day. I don't mm. have daddy issues that I know of. Mm. Uh, because I guess that's the biggest um, misconception, hey, is full daddy issues all the time. Yes. And uh, I mean, f- yeah, from what I've seen, I think there's, there's probably a pretty, uh, like a duality in the industry. There are girls that have pretty, you know, bad upbringings mm. or bad lives mm. and they, uh, you know, they're around a lot of dodgy people and then there's just really good people and the majority of people in that industry are really good people mm-hmm. and I was just one of those people that, you know, I'm comfortable with my sexuality so I I just jumped into it and I had no problem with it. Mm-hmm. And how were you like, like what was your hobbies as a child? Just so we can get a, a full picture before we go into everything of Miss Ashley as a child. Hobbies, video games, great, you know, uh, tennis, nothing very much. I guess as a, as a young teenager, I was pretty emo, mm-hmm. just really quiet kind of a person, you know, mm-hmm. I just, yeah. Now you said that you were, yeah, you were quite quiet growing up. Did you ever have, like I know for me, by the time I was 15, I was on Eckies. Like, did you have that phase when you were younger? You know what? Not even. Um, I wasn't really like that as a kid. I think I um, I kind of started that journey at about 18 and then mm. and then I kind of caught up, definitely caught up. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a kid, no, you know, it just wasn't like that at all. I just was a really shy kind of kid. But mm. um, I Were you I- good? Like as in were, were you a, like I can't say I was a good kid, but were you a good, like, did you always want to follow the rules um, or you're mischievous? No, though, actually, no, that's a good point. I mean, I wasn't um, wild, mm. but I wasn't keen on rules either. Mm. I didn't like school. I didn't like to, you know, do schoolwork. I was just kind of a, you know, one of those kind of apathetic little kids, I guess. Mm, so, mm, mm. yeah, kind of just neither here or there. So after high school, so the the picture that I can kind of see from you now is, just classic kid, mum and dad, mum and dad are together, um, suburban life. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So in high school, it's all pretty much normal. When is the first taste of that sort of life? What was the gateway? So 
I started pretty late in the industry. I have worked with a lot of girls who started when they're 18. I've even seen girls illegally working at 17, you know. Mm. So uh, when I was 18, 19, 20, Mm. even 21, I just, I couldn't have imagined it. I'd never crossed my mind. It just wasn't something I thought of personally. Um, So that was, yeah, that was my journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it kind of was like a snowball effect. I, you know, I, number one, got a boob job. Number two, I, you know, kind of just like my sexuality opened up Mm. and then a boyfriend who was like really encouraging. And, Mm. and then just, I literally how it happened was I met a girl at a party and she was a stripper and she said, it's really fun. It's really easy. And and she just kind of talked me into it. And, um, and did she just have this sort of energy about her? Totally. You know, and I saw her as very, you know, like very sexual and like really intimidating. I thought I could never be like that. And I have since been that girl Mm. to other girls. Like, encouraging Mm. them into the industry Mm -hmm, pretty mm -hmm. much. (laughs) So when you say this boyfriend, he encouraged you, like was he just casually leaving pamphlets everywhere? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I mean, I think it just he already knew how good the money could be so he just sort of had no problem with me doing it at the time. Um, That kind of changed later. But, yeah, at the time he was just like, oh, my God, it's amazing money, you should do it. And he was I guess, I don't know, pretty mm. bogan and kind of just you just saw it as a good a good money maker. Yeah, pretty yeah. short sighted really. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. He was just just go for it. Okay. So how do you even enter the industry? Do you have to know someone who's already in it who can get you an in? Like how do where do we sign up? I got lucky because I, I had a contact. You can always jump in if you don't know anyone. There's like, you know, the clubs have websites and stuff like that. But um, I started doing skimpy bar work, mm. which um, is where you wear a bikini and you pour beer. So you're mm. not you're not actually dancing and you're um, not actually showing any actual nudity. Um, mm. So, you know, there's a lot of pubs around that will do that. Mm. Um, so I started doing that and – that terrified me and I like couldn't move my hips and I was like a little robot behind the bar and I was like So how what age were you just like get the lifeline? Like twenty four. Okay, you're twenty four and this is your the first kind of job before shipping, yes? Yeah. Skimpy. Yeah. And even then you were still petrified. You were like, totally petrified. And it's like incredible how quickly it all progresses. Mm. And it's it's totally because you quickly realize what men will pay for. Mm. And it's like, you know, we all have this like mental idea of what men think is attractive and we think it's a perfect body. It's, you know, it's an Instagram face and and it's an exact body fat percentage and all that stuff. And it's not that. You, You just quickly learn that men pay for you to have fun. And really? so I just I just learned that really quickly and I started to have fun and I started to make money and, and guys would just respond to me like moving my hips and then, you know, it just really quickly guys would just encourage you, oh, you should just go and do this, you could make way more money. And Okay, so you've got the boob job, you're in the bikini, you're pouring the beers and everyone's like, yo, you are so much fun, you might as well step it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now where, when does this step up happen? How many years have you been, or how many months have you been doing skimpy work? I think it was probably only about four or five months. Okay. Um, and were you getting cash while. money? Like, could you, were you like, fuck, imagine yeah. if I had no top on? Yes. So okay. yeah, you know, you're getting cash money, but uh, everyone tells you that you make way more in the mm. club. So you, yeah. And you do, mm. you do. 
Okay, so you've done Skimpy and then how do we get to stripper mode? Literally one one interview, one like five-minute dance on the stage where you you just contact the strip club and they um, just get you to come in before the club officially opens. So you'll go in at 8 p.m. and Mm. you'll get dressed and you'll go on stage and you dance around the pole for like one song maybe, maybe take your top off Mm. and that's it. Um, What is the prerequisite for these shows? Like is it based off how much money you make or how sexy you look or how much they're vibing you? Like what says that you get the job? Uh, I mean, because you just they, all they look at is how hot your body is. Like, can you pull off working in a strip club? Yeah, they don't know how well of a hustler mm. you are. You mm. know, like mm-hmm. that is what will make the club money. That is what will make you money. At the end of the day, mm. you know, it, it ducks. It doesn't actually matter that much. Exactly, exactly how hot you are. You know, yeah. there's there. Are, it, is if there's one thing this industry has taught me is that there's a lot of different definitions of hotness and beauty, yeah. you know, and it's such a cliche thing to say, but it's so true that that men are attracted to so much more than just that one type of beauty. The club, you know, as long as you look half decent, they will give you a chance. And it just depends on the club you're working at, whether they're pretty strict on, oh, you're a moneymaker or not, mm. whether they'll actually put you on for more shifts or not. And some of the girls who probably could do with going to the gym a bit more or whatever, mm. you know, like they could be the top earners mm. easily. There are girls out there that are like, you know, not, uh, you know, what you would say is textbook gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're the biggest earners and they'll get the most shifts and the most cash. Wow. Totally. So do you think you're – the perception of your body is actually more healthy after this or unhealthy? Healthier. Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. When I first started, I was like, oh, you know, like uncertain about so many things. And again, the industry has just taught me to just, just, it, I just appreciate and understand that, um, you know, whoever you are and any little quirks you have, men will appreciate it. And you're not ever going to be everyone's cup of tea. Mm. It's kind of a numbers game in a way. Like, you know, you you interact with so many people that you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea, mm. but you're going to, you're going to make money. And I swear like every, at the end of every night, you know, you, you walk away with that cash and it's just an ego boost every time. It's totally addictive. It's super addictive. Okay. So You've done your little tryout. Now, who says the yes or the no? Like, is there a matriarch like there yeah. is in all the movies? Yeah, there's so there's always a what they call a house mum. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah, it's normally like a like a an ex stripper, you know. Love. <laughs> oh my god, so it's true. <laughs> totally. Love this. Totally. Like a yeah, yeah, normally like an older kind of a really yeah nice mm. woman or mean woman. Sometimes they're mean, sometimes they're nice, and um, yeah, it'll pretty much be just a yes or no. Um, it depends. I tried out once in a strip club in London. Mm. And it was um, one of like the most um, sought after, like famous strip clubs mm. in the world. And it was a, a real baller, pimpin' looking man sitting there, you know, just looking down his nose at me, kind of oh thing. And that was really, really intimidating. Yeah. Um, but normally they have a house mum, and she does that. So we've kind of done, obviously, the high school years. You were innocent, and then one day, you, you know, you get the boob job, you get the confidence, you start, you go for your audition. Did you actually have to learn how to dance? Nope, <laughs> not at all. So, yeah, a lot of people, pretty much everyone's perception is that you have to do be a pole dancer yeah. and you do not at all. So I, um, 
just naturally not very good on the pole. So I have a couple of tricks that I can do. I've always been a fit person. Yeah. Pole dancing has not necessarily been my number one. It's really all about how you, how sexily you can kind of move your hips. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, that's what makes you money. Mm. I've seen internationally renowned pole dancers mm. who are so incredible on the pole and the guys just don't even care. The girls are doing amazing tricks in front of them and the guys don't care. It's how it's sexy to, you are It's to how them. sexy you are right mm. there in front of them and it's honestly how persuasive you are. Mm. That's the thing. You know, they're, they're kind of dumb, they're kind of drunk and you have to be that. there in your face, yeah. right? If you want to make money, like if you're like, I honestly can't be bothered, is there a trick that you do every time that gets you money? Um, every girl has their own flavor. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, that's a great way to put it. Like some girls, you know, they just know they'd be like, let's do shots and just be a total party mm. animal with the guys. And they're just like, yes, I'm here to have a great night. And, you know, mm-hmm. everyone had something different. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess for me, it, you know, I, I kind of just relied on – body and face like you know I was Mm. like my personality as a stripper is really giggly and flirty and young and cute and Mm. stuff Mm -hmm. so it was it was just all about all about that kind of thing all right guys before we learn how much money Ash would make on an average night in the club uh, we better go to break so make sure you follow us at good be podcast on the gram rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be back shortly Okay, so you've obviously, I'm assuming you've got in, you're you're now a part of this club. What is life like backstage? Like, is it as catty as the movies make it out? Or is Um, it like a more of a girl code? What's the go? So much of it is total girl code and it's amazing. And I've made some of my very best friends in the strip club change rooms. Okay, so how long were you stripping for? So do you stay at a club for a certain amount of time and then are you like, fuck this, I'm done? Like I've seen all these clients, Mm. blah, blah, blah. Or what's the goal? Do you go night by night, go to a different club? I mean, a lot of girls, you know, the grass is always greener for a lot of people Mm -hmm. and I think we all do that and I did that. Like I worked at the same club for ages and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it just worked for me because different clubs sort of suit different personalities. And then I, you know, I thought, oh, it's the other clubs I've heard are better and I've tried. So I've tried all the ones mm. here. Mm-hmm. So some girls will move around a lot, but mostly, you know, your personality will suit the club you end up in. So speaking of clients, is there ones that you had that you, you know, you were like, shit in their eyes I'm probably their girlfriend because they are coming here every night for three hours like do you get men like that yes you do and it it's 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 wild to be Mm. honest like what you know who knows what these guys are thinking Mm. Uh, definitely I have um had I've had a couple of regulars who just they just came in so often for so very long Mm. and um it's just incredible you just don't know what's going through their mind I had a regular who um, he got a divorce payout of like hundreds of thousands of dollars and oh my God. he spent every cent of it on me and another one of uh, like my work wife kind of thing. We worked together on this guy. He spent all of his cash and I we ended up getting to know each other really, really well. He was a really nice guy. 
Um, oh, no shit, because he was there every night. Yeah. I would hope he would get totally. to know. Oh, you know, we just would have, like, a party every night. Yeah, it's so fun, like yeah. champagne. Love it. And, mm. you you know, all he had these kids that he should have been giving this money to, but he was giving it all to me. Yeah, and yeah. then he just he um, ended up, you know, running out of money and didn't come in anymore, and it broke his heart because he just had the realisation that I didn't really love him. So you do get that. So obviously at the strip club you get guys who dead ass think that you are in love with them, that yep. they've, you've never seen someone like them, et cetera, et cetera. Is there something that you say to them that gets them over the line? Is there something that you're like, I don't know, big boy? <laughs> yeah. I think you, you learn that flattery gets you very far. Mm-hmm. So you kind of just have to f- pinpoint one thing that you can flatter that mm. they'll believe mm. and and they'll they'll roll with it. Have you ever actually found anyone wild attractive in the club and that you've wanted to see outside of the club? I haven't. Mm. I've known girls who have ended up marrying a guy they met in the club while they were dancing. It's it can happen, definitely, but I haven't. Um I think intrinsically I just um, I just find guys who would even go into a strip club on a regular basis. I just find that really unattractive because I see it as such a fake, fake mm, thing. Mm-hmm. So I would never find a guy who would go in and pay for a lap dance. How long are we stripping for before we move up a notch? Um, I think I stripped for maybe four years. Oh, pretty much. So you gave it a great great Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Full time for like three. Okay. How is the money stripping? It was great. (laughs) (laughs) And is it cash under the table or what? Um, Pretty much, yeah. Mm. So the industry has changed a lot recently. Um, It used to be a lot better than it is like right now. Um, I used to like easily have two grand a week from working two nights a week and it was just like a no-brainer. I'd be disappointed if I didn't make that. Sorry, sorry, wait, 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 wait. You make, you would make two grand so you'd make a grand a night. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. And you wouldn't work for the whole week. Yeah, yeah. So I'd work Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Okay. I just need to um (laughs) I mean, okay, let's just move on because I might cry. Um, okay, so you make two grand a week. Okay, so you've done that for four years. Yeah. Then we move on. What is the next stage? So we've done the stripping and then when do we dip our toe into sex work? So I guess the way that my life kind of went after was that I yeah, I was dating another guy and then I just wasn't happy with him. So in terms of the, the sex works that I've done, it's um it's not heaps. I haven't done it a lot, but on and off over the years, sort of in between relationships, I've kind of done the whole sugar baby thing. Mm. So, so yeah, nothing, I guess, as extreme as like working, mm. you know, um, night after night kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's always been like a conscious choice. Like I've, I've always done it where I get to choose like who I'm with. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've mentioned sugar babies. So were you kind of like, maybe I should try sex work? Oh, wait, there's this new wave of sugar baby, you know, there's this new virtual online thing or were you like? Yeah, I mean, you know, stripping kind of like it breaks down a lot of barriers in terms of like what you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's a pretty natural progression. Girls start off like me, the skimpy that's terrified to move her hips. And then, you know, you just naturally get more and more comfortable with your body Mm. and what you're happy to do. And the money becomes totally addictive. So Mm. you just kind of roll with it and 
get comfortable with more doing more. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I just kind of knew that it was a, an easier option. Um, also like in the strip club, like a lot of customers will say like, oh, I'd just love to just go take you out on a date. So I wish I could spend my money that way instead. So you just kind of start to listen to that. And so sugar baby. So this is, I think myself and the listeners will have the most questions because I guess on Stan and on Netflix, sugar baby is portrayed to be this the most glamorous lifestyle in the world. Mm. It seems like you can go to have one dinner in Italy and they'll pay for the whole trip. Like that's the way it's portrayed. Yeah. So where does this start? Yeah, so I have played around a little bit with um, there's a, a particular website. I don't mm-hmm. know if you want me to mention it. You can it's, say it. It's called Seeking Arrangement. Um, and so, so you can sponsor us whenever you like. <laughs> yeah. So I've um, tried this website a few times mm-hmm. over my life. And, um, yeah, I have had some success and some not not success. Some not success. That's a lovely, lovely way to put it. Some <laughs> not success. <laughs> Bottom line is, you know, there is a lot of guys on these kind of websites who want to have sex for money, but they want it to be cheaper and more personal. You know, like mm. they think that be going to see a um a prostitute is it's too impersonal and I mm. want to get to know you first and then I'll give you They want to money. buy the experience. They do mm. and they want more for their money. Okay, so your first date, shall we say, what did that include? Like your first ever seeking arrangement slash sugar baby experience. Gosh, okay. So, yeah, it was probably, you know, you just kind of meet up for a coffee mm-hmm. or or a lunch or something like that. And it's always really tricky. I've had a couple of friends try it as well, you know, like what's the best way to talk about the money? Because, mm. you know, the number one thing is the guys get turned off when you start to talk about money because there's lots of girls out there that are just, you know, like this is how much it costs per hour. So it's it's like it's just it's a catch-22. Like you can't win. Like they want you to just put in your time before committing mm-hmm. and you want them to, to show the money to show first, the money yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. and it's just it's really hard to build that trust because you don't trust each mm. other there there are guys out there that will just just give you two hundred dollars and and then there's girls out there that will just just be so money hungry mm. so it's tough so you kind of I've learned that it's good to talk about the money before you meet them because I've met guys before and you think that they're really generous and then they go oh well I fuck Brazilian models for 250 dollars you know so, yes Dave like, yes <laughs> Dave from fucking Karen up <laughs> like, like yes <laughs> like it's really hard to find like a nice genuine person yeah I know that there's like a huge perception out there that there's probably a lot of guys out there that are willing to give money for no sex Mm -hmm. I personally Mm -hmm. haven't experienced much of that Mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm. they're they're pretty rare Mm -hmm. I yeah all the guys I've interacted with uh you know they they want to know that you're going to have sex okay so you go to say like said cafe and you get this money and then are you like okay so every Thursday is good for me Kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's it's. I've never, I've like bar one. I haven't really experienced someone that has a man that has much of an attention span to kind of continue it because they pick up on the uh, the fact that you're not really that into them. Yeah, you know the reason these guys are on the website again is because they want you to uh, be actually in love with them. <laughs> and is there a common theme with these men? Um, Obviously, we don't want to be mean, but like, is there a common theme where you're like, you know, newly divorced, single dads, um, I don't know, 
living with parents or something. Oh, I probably, now that I think of it, probably all the men are like divorced or, you know, they've yeah. had that first wife kind of thing yeah, and then yeah. they've realized they've got money. And I've been with, I think I was with a guy who had a wife and mm. just sort of didn't tell me. And then I, remember getting like a text from her oh ages god later, like, my god who is this phone number have you slept with my husband <laughs> christ okay and what is the money like as a sugar baby and are you expected to perform so say as much as you were a stripper you know like are you expected to there's, act act like a certain way there's definitely pros and cons for both like you know, as a sugar baby, like the money is guaranteed mm. um, and what you have to do is a definite, but it's generally pretty easy mm-hmm. because, um, you know, again, I would never like hook up with a guy that I didn't have some sort of attraction mm. to. I didn't like find some pleasure in it myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that's guaranteed. So there's that pro, but then you obviously have to kind of give yourself over more emotionally. You have to spend time with them, like having dinner or telling them a bit more about like your real self. Mm, mm. Being a stripper is so emotionally exhausting because you actually don't know if you're going to walk away with any money. Yeah, You know, you could walk into the club and do yourself up and work all night until five o'clock in the morning and walk away with no money. Mm, okay. So it's exhausting. Let's talk. So let's say if I'm just like, hey, Ash, can we meet up for a coffee? Is it an unspoken rule that that coffee is going to cost like 150 bucks or something? Oh, it's so not an unspoken rule. And like, <laughs> there's honestly, there's, there's so many like, you know, different standards out there, girls doing all sorts of different things. It's so unregulated mm. that there, you know, there's lots of young girls out there that they don't know any better mm. and they're so gorgeous and they're worth so much and they will date a man for nothing mm. and they'll just like, they'll do it for almost nothing. Mm. And so then these guys have this expectation. So it's not, and coffee isn't normally worth anything. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. There's probably other girls out there that might laugh at that and just go, I'm, you know, you have to charge money straight away. Okay. So when we talk about, only because I know that this is something that I'm so confused. I understand the sugar baby aspect, but just where the money is transferred. Is it like a direct deposit every couple of weeks or is it cash in hand? Again, everyone's different. For me, it's always been cash in hand. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I mean, I've only done it like uh, probably uh, just a handful of times. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that some girls, it's more like I've got uni fees, can you pay for this? Mm -hmm. You know, they'll get. So it's more so like an item, like something that they like pay in advance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it normally starts out like, okay, so it's X amount of money per meet, you know. Yeah. And then it develops into a relationship like, oh, can you pay for this? Can you pay for that? Transfer me some money. And let's say they give you a fucking fat tip and I'm like a 10K or something ridiculous tip that you're like, I just need to go to Mykonos next weekend. I need this paid for. Are you ever expected to sleep with them? There definitely are relationships out there that they're not. Um, But from my personal experience, the guys always want more and they want some sort of physical relationship so Mm. yeah I know that there are girls out there that have a different idea of what being a sugar baby is but um yeah for me I don't know I just think that like that that's what guys want that's what they pay for Mm -hmm. is some sort of intimate relationship Mm -hmm. they do and have you ever caught yourself um off guard and this could be back in your stripping days or 
you know, with sugar baby days that you're like, shit, maybe I will have sex with him. Even Or are you very calculated where you're like, no, 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 time's up, money's up, et cetera? I've always had a pretty like, strict rule on what I would and wouldn't do, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't kind of cross that boundary. Right, guys, I better jump in here. We've got to go to break, but make sure you stick around because Ash is going to give me a confession uh, and it's definitely one you, you need to hear for yourself. So just follow us at Good B Podcast, rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and we'll see you after this. So I know that before this ep, we were having a quick vino together and we're just talking about, um, you know, the rough outlines of everything. And you were saying actually that there is a downside to this whole industry because I was like, shit, do I never go back to Sydney and just, you know, pack my suitcases now and jump on the pole? And you were saying that there is a downside to it. So I think the listeners would love to know because at the moment it's just sounding all so rosy. Yeah, there's there's definitely a downside to it. Obviously, you know, you can kind of pick that up from the fact that I became such a, a man-hater that I, I couldn't stand them anymore and got into a lesbian relationship. It's pretty draining on you emotionally, you know, like, and I think that um, – when you're younger, it doesn't matter so much or maybe you don't register it so much that you're like pouring your sexual energy out onto to anyone who, you know, anyone out there um, mm. who will pay for it, I guess. And you just, you totally get addicted to it because you're like, oh my God, I made a thousand dollars. Like, mm. and it's, it's no problem. You've got it to spare. And like, just the more you do it, the more you realize that that is actually really taxing mm. um, and not even that it can, you know, alter your your other relationships it's just it just gets exhausting and it just feels it feels you know just like really invasive that mm. you just have to give your sexuality and your smiles and your giggles and your flirts and you have to give all that to someone you don't want to mm. and it's like oh it's there and you can just do it but long term it's like it's fucking exhausting and mm. you just end up it, just you know with such a resting bitch face mm. Mm. I'm so glad that we had that conversation beforehand because it was sounding as if it was the life to lead, you know, and I know especially for someone like me who's currently unemployed back at the parents' house, uh, you know, I'd like to think I had the body for the pole. Um, it's looking so appealing. So it's it's nice to hear that reality check of it all. But before we wrap it up, as the listeners would know, we always end on a confession now, I, I assume I am with the queen of the queen of confessions. So, Ash, do you have anything you can share with us? You know I can't pay you, <laughs> so don't be too juicy, but I'm sure you have something that you're like fucking low. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, um, I mean, probably the – I feel like – the thing, one of the things that sticks in my head the most is probably just because I was the most dodgy. I, <laughs> I just, I just absolutely like reamed this guy for money. So I just, I just totally lied to him and said like me and my friend, you know, this other girl I was working with will definitely come back to your hotel and we'll, you know, we'll do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And we went back to his hotel and we, 
got money off him straight away. Like cash money? Cash money, yeah. absolutely. And it was as a lot of money. And <laughs> and then we we just totally like just pretended like we were really upset and felt really violated and just run out of the hotel crying. So Wait, 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 wait. So you've walked into this hotel, you robbed this guy of cash money, and then wait, how did what were you guys pretending to be upset over? Spilt milk. Literally, we just said like, oh, we've just realised how like this is really violating, and I can't believe we're doing this. I couldn't, I couldn't ever do anything sexual with you because obviously, like as a stripper, you don't have to actually do anything sexual. So we just, we just had this like pretend realisation that oh my god, I can't actually be in someone's hotel room right now, and oh, I'm really upset. And genuinely, like he chased what? me, like we were driving away. And he was like at the car, like chasing us. <laughs> but chasing you for the money or being like, no, come oh, back. Come back. And You're he, would have, joking. he would have taken us back. Like after all that, he was like, just come back. And I'm like, we literally just ran away from you. You're joking. So he's knocking on the window to say, come back because yeah. he thinks you may be the love of his life, not the fucking 10K he's just given you or something. Totally. Oh my God. Oh my God. Men are so dumb. They're so dumb. Oh my gosh. That is a great one. Well, Ash. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am sure you have educated all of the listeners, including myself, probably myself the most. Thank you so much for sitting down with me, babe. You are so welcome. Now let's go and drink this. the rest of these bottles of wine. I'm already stumbling already. (laughs) GBs, write to me what you thought of our first ever guest appearance. I would love to know your thoughts. Please contact us, um, write to us at Good Bee Podcast on the gram. We will see you next Tuesday morning. You are back with both of your girls. It's Jules and Jodes. Yeah, I had to get Jodes back in the mix to get her reaction, her thoughts, her feelings about my little interview with Ash. Jodes? Yes. Oh, I'm shook by this interview. I loved it. Um, good to see you've been putting – that uh, ho- hometown research, what do we call it? <laughs> it really- was such a good perspective from more so like female empowerment, which I was not expecting. Absolutely. I loved hearing from Ash. I um, loved hearing her perspective. It was really eye-opening because I feel like there is a lot of prejudice and there is a lot of um, strong opinions on sugar babies, right, and strippers, mm. for the, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and how they get their money, what their life's like, a lot of um, misconceptions. And it was just really interesting to hear hear her real side of things. Would you be either a stripper or no, and or would you be one of them throughout your lifetime, do you reckon? Stripper or sugar baby or both? Would you give any of them a nudge? I don't think I could personally for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I reckon I'd be good at the stripping. Yeah, um, you do have a – Jones has a tight little booty. I've I do like doing that shit for my mans, but I don't know yeah. if I could do it in a club. I just feel like I'm too emotional. I don't think I would be able to handle it. I feel like I'm too sensitive. Um, it would be a lot for me to absorb. Mm. Um, too much of an empath. I definitely think I've got – the body to make a, a lot of money. Your girl yes. has got a fat ass. Yes, However, I suck at being sexy. I Once I get up there, I would literally just try and make people laugh. I'd get up there and be like, so how about that ride in? <laughs> I would suck. Um, sugar baby, I can see the appeal. And if it, I mean, I go on free dates with awful men. 
and I normally have to pay half that bill. Exactly. I can see the appeal for Sugar Baby for sure. Exactly. It reminds me of um, I was actually texting you that night, Jules, when I was out with a girlfriend of mine in Surrey Hills and we were sitting, do you remember this, right in front yes. of yep. what was very obviously a Sugar Baby out on a date. And, um, I mean, he was so much older than her and she, the little thing, she was tiny. She was stunning. She looked very young, like Mm. maybe 20, 21. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was very obvious even just list because we were so close, we could hear their conversation. It was very obvious that it was a very transaction based dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, that I remember us having a laugh, like, damn, like me and my friend have been here three hours, knocking back the Margies, you know, creating one hell of a bill. And she's just bloody over there making money. Um, I mean, she, they've got the last wife. We're the ones that do this shit for free and make us, makes us out of pocket. So exactly, like, I can definitely see the appeal. The other thing I thought it'd be worth mentioning, Jules, is I remember a time in my life when I was actually accused of being a sugar baby. Mm -hmm. I wasn't. I certainly wasn't, but I actually lost my virginity Mm -hmm. to a multimillionaire. This is back in New Zealand. My friend. Okay, but where are you meeting these people, Jodes? Because I I was I was nineteen. I was modelling full time. I wasn't quite yet at uni. That was literally say no more. 19 and modeling full time. Yep, you can just leave yeah. it at that. I got yeah. it. I've got I was 19 and modeling full time. So mm-hmm. I met I met someone and he took a liking to me and we ended up dating for I can't even remember. It's such a blur now and I was so young. It was a matter of months, but it wasn't a matter of years if that makes sense. It was yep. okay. under a year. But it was um, a ting. It was a ting. It was a ting. Um I spent basically living with him at one point. Um, I spent a lot of time at his mansion in one part of Auckland. And um, for me, when I reflect back on it, it was definitely more of a friendship. I was too Mm. young to know Mm. what, uh, to really understand romantic love. Definitely Mm -hmm. had some daddy issues. I'll be Mm -hmm. honest and upfront about that. Um, I think I was looking for a sense of security, but it was never financial security. That's not something I've ever been driven by. And anyone Mm -hmm. that knows me can attest to that. I am not Mm -hmm. a materialistic person and everything Mm -hmm. I have, I worked for. So that was never the goal. Um, But yeah, people. Without without casting stereotype, was this man older than you by a substantial amount? Absolutely. I was 19. He was in his 30s. Mm. it's not crazy but it was a big age difference it's not crazy but you can now I I can understand why people would have cast judgment now you know it's it's almost very abusive power in a certain way I mean you've said it yourself you didn't know any better yeah and these men know and I feel like I was more naive than the um maybe normal girl because I looking at my background jewels as you know I was from the country like I had come from a small country town straight into Auckland I was thrust into the scene I was super naive god it was also a lot for me to take I remember crying a lot because emotionally mm. I couldn't really handle it um yeah. but, but yeah like, you, so, you're so young like I, I look back on the shit I was doing I was like you and I thought I was so grown up Uh isn't it funny you look at that time you think you're so grown and you don't realize how juvenile you are until you look back and I was just like oh honey what is you doing but before we wrap up I'm so glad I get to hear your voice please um the listeners might have 
um, only just started picking up that Jodes and I purposely don't talk to each other much during the week. Obviously, we communicate about work. We don't actually catch up because we always want to save it for the potty. We so, do. Jodes, what has been happening? Obviously, I get to be in your arms this weekend. So, I want skin to skin contact. We're both getting <laughs> naked and hugging for at least 30 minutes. I want to have to you not to. In my arms. <laughs> There will be alcohol involved. I'm blocking out the whole fucking Sunday. So don't Please. fucking, nobody at me, nobody fucking call me because it's the jo- the Jules and Jodes day. Don't want to hear. Jodes is booking me out. You hear don't this all my Sydney friends. Back the fuck off. Um, but no, I cannot wait. Um, it's been pretty, yeah, busy and boring at this end, to be quite fucking honest. I mean, you know, as me and Jules have sort of been talking privately, it's been a weird time sort of creating content while we're in the middle of a pandemic because we're also na- navigating so much on the personal front, right? Just with our living situations, um, mm. you know, me trying to find uh, working with my housemates to fill a room in our house, negotiating a lease, not mm. trying to be out in the bloody street, and then navigating work challenges and changes there. Like, you know, it's like the Maslow's. I think that's what it's called, the hierarchy Mm. of needs. It's like your basic needs have been threatened right now. So sometimes the last last thing you want to do is jump on and be fucking funny. Do you know what I mean? It Creatively, I've definitely found it challenging, but thank God for Jules, we kind of have this thing where we are able to pick each other up um, when, you know, we're each going through our respective things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, I just feel like for me I've been – kind of tested personally just trying to stay strong during this whole fucking weird time but look it looks like we're on the upper you're coming back Mm. to sydney venues are starting to open um it kind of feels like we're moving into this new normal yeah for sure um speaking of picked up i think i need to physically be picked up and cradled today Mm -hmm. i had another huge weekend um I you know this farewell tour has been going on for four weeks in Perth the farewell tour for Jules leaving um yeah I I was just saying to Jules before that I'm sorry if this is too much information but I don't think that exists on this podcast no it does not it is now it's what 3 p.m on a Monday afternoon I just went and had a shower before we started to record and I vomited in the shower because I still had such a big Saturday so I'm on the wrong side of 25 I don't know if I can ever I don't know if I'll ever drink again, ever. And Welcome I know that I say that every bitch. single day. Welcome to the fucking club. But Jodes, for I mean, complete for content purposes, I was actually supposed to go on a date on Wednesday night. Mm. And it was all going smoothly. Well, so I thought I was kind of like, oh man, this guy, we don't really get along at all. Like he's he does triathlons every weekend and is a school teacher. I was like, oh, so you actually, you know, you know, you're trying to better the world. Yuck. Lame. Get out of my face. <laughs> um Anyway, so we were talking and it was all going well. I mean, like I said, didn't really vibe, but hey, like I'm all, I'm all for dropping your type. Yeah. So I thought I'd give him a shot. And then a couple of days or leading up to the date, like the day of, he started talking like a Nigerian prince on Hotmail. Like he was like just te- oh, no. texting me being like, very sexy girl. I like, please. Yes, please. Pretty. I was like, what the hell? What the fuck? That there were like too many the other section in my DMs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There were just too many red flags, Joe. It's like we yeah. had no mutual friends. No. He uh, he had a very small following. His name was like a very, um, let's say like John Smith. <laughs> I was like, I'm either getting catfish or I'm getting murdered. So I have to choose the less of the evils. 
and I was speaking to some of my girlfriends. They were like, "Ugh, it's not worth it." Like, it's just, and isn't it how it's so fucked that as females, that's a legitimate thing for us? Like, will we get murdered on this date? I know it's it's fucked up. But babe, I think that is time for us to go. Yes. Well, I'm glad we got to check in with our GBs towards the end and we'd love any of your feedback on, you know, this different app, trying something new, bringing in, we're, we're excited to bring in some special guests. We've got so many really exciting interviews with amazing women in the bank, don't we, Jules? Yep. So many. I'm so, so excited. So this is just kind of the start of many and I hope you guys will stay with us on this journey. 